0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Revelation chapter
1: number one, and we'll begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Verse number four, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother, and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Amen. Let's have
0: a word of prayer as we look at the message this morning. Our Father, I pray you'd speak to us, and I thank you for your word. I pray that you would help us not to miss these truths and these reminders, I thank you for your people, and Lord, I am uh, thankful for every opportunity we have to assemble and to gather together to worship you. We uh, know that the church is your idea. We know that the church is your plan. Uh, we know that uh, the church is important. Our theme for this year is about the church, and Lord, we know that you promised that you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We thank you that you uh, have kept your promise, and we thank you that you will keep that promise And bless us now this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I've been going through Revelation on Wednesday nights, and really so far verse by verse, and it's been a blessing and a help to me. But I want to draw your attention this morning to verse number 10. John is on the island of Patmos. Now, when you think about an island... When I, don't know about, I shouldn't say that when you think about it. I know when I think about an island, I'm thinking vacation, right? I'm thinking tropical. I'm thinking that's a place you'd love to be. Oh, that'd be a wonderful place to be. John is on the island of Patmos. You say, I've never heard of that island. Well, there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, that would not be an island you'd want to go to. John was there as a prisoner. It was a prison colony. It was a place where he had been banished from uh, his friends, from his family. Uh, They couldn't couldn't shut him up. So they said, you're going on an island where you're not going to get a word in. You're not going to get to preach. You're not going to get to share the gospel. And so he was punished after they tried to kill him and they were unsuccessful. They said, we're done with this guy. And they sent him to this island. He's on this island of Patmos. And the Bible says that something happened. Well, what happened was God showed up. God spoke to John and God gave John a revelation, an unveiling, a, a revealing of things that were still to come. And we have now, because of this experience, we have the book of Revelation. We have the prophecy. But here's what's amazing is that John was, the Bible says in verse 10, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Something happened on the Lord's day. On that day, on that island, we see that John was given the revelation and from the revelation we see the next thing John says, and after that I saw, and after that I turned, and after that I heard, and after that there was a voice. And this entire book of Revelation, it all comes from one day, on the island when something happened to John I'd like to preach this morning for a few minutes of, on this subject what happened on the Lord's Day number one I want you to see in this passage there was a revelation verse 1 the revelation of Jesus Christ God showed John some things about Jesus that John did all, not already know now that may not sound like a big deal to you but think about this John was one of the twelve disciples right John walked with Jesus on this earth John talked with Jesus can you imagine what that would have been like walking down the road with Jesus and Jesus would say hey John you see that let me tell you a story about that imagine what it'd be like walking down the street with Jesus and yes Jesus a question and Jesus says well let me tell you about that John knew Jesus John was there for the miracles John was there uh, to see uh, uh, the the blind that were restored their sight. He was there to see the lame that were made to walk. John was there for the feeding of the 5,000. John knew Jesus. Not only was he there in the good times, he was there in the bad times. John was there when Jesus was crucified. He was there at the foot of the cross when Jesus looked down and said, John, behold thy mother and woman, behold thy son. John was there and saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. He saw the risen Christ and the risen Lord. John was there when Jesus ascended back up into heaven at the ascension. So John knew Jesus. He'd seen Jesus. He talked to Jesus. But John saw something on this day, on this island, that he had never seen before. He got a revelation of Jesus Christ. Number two, I see in this passage, what happened on the Lord's day? There was a reward verse number three the bible says blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand did you know that god has promised a blessing to all of us who will read his word by the way that's applicable for today That wasn't just for John that just wasn't just for the early church that is true today God has promised he will bless us if we will read his word there's a blessing for hearing his word and there's a blessing for obeying his word that's found also in Joshua 1 where the Bible says that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth for therein thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success It's found in Psalm 1. Now, blessed is the man, and his delight is in the law of the Lord. Can I tell you, there's a blessing. And you may be here today, you say, Pastor, I'm struggling. Well, I'll tell you one thing to do. I'd start reading this book right here. I'd start reading it. I'd listen to it read. I'd I'd listen to the teaching and listen to the preaching. And then I'd do what it says. And God has promised that he will bless us if we read his word. But then I see number three, there's a reminder. Verses 4 through 9, and I wish I had time to get into this, but I'll say again, go back and listen to the Wednesday night series. I've gone through this verse by verse, but there's a reminder. Verse number 4, grace be to you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits before the throne and from Jesus Christ we see a grace and peace and there's a reminder that God gives grace. Here's a reminder that God gives his peace. Notice with me in verse number uh, five, unto him that loved us. Aren't you so glad that Jesus loves you? Aren't you glad that he loves us and he washed our sins in his own blood? I'm thankful for those reminders. That, reminder in verse seven that he's coming back. There's a reminder, verse eight, that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He was, he uh, is, and he is to come. He is the Almighty but then I see in verse number 10, and this is where I'm getting. So if you say, wow, pastor, you are really getting through this outline quickly. Don't get a sense of false hope thinking we're gonna be done quickly. We're just getting to this point quickly because I want you to see verse number 10. I see number four, the requirement. This all happened. John got a revelation. He got the the the, the promise of a reward. He got a reminder of who Jesus is and what Jesus does. And then in v- verse number 10, we see that there was a requirement. There was something that happened to John because of what was going on in his heart and what was going on in his life at the time, verse 10. John says, I was in the spirit. Now, that word spirit, verse number 10, that is capital S spirit. That's not talking about your spirit or my spirit. It's not talking about, you know, you need to have a, a good spirit or a positive attitude. No, no, no. this is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that John was in the Holy Spirit. Well, now, hang on. Let, let's, let's make sure we're, we're, we're understanding things. I'm not trying to be spooky. I'm not trying to be w- weird or mystical. But when we get saved, when, when, when a person gets born again, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. So if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But this isn't what verse 10 says. It doesn't say that John finally got the Holy Spirit to come in him. The Bible says that John was in the Spirit. Now, you say, well, what's the difference? Well, if I had Brother Dale, if I asked Brother Dale to come over to my house and I said, Brother Dale, I need some help in my house. I need some ideas. I need to get some things fixed. And I know you've been remodeling at your house. I know you have, Miss Donna. You all were talking about that the other day. And I said, Brother Dale, I need you to come over and I need you in my house. I need your help. And, I had Brother Dale come in the front door. I opened the door and I told him, I said, all right, now, Brother Dale, sit here on this chair and don't move. And I just walked away and I forgot about him. He's waiting for a couple minutes thinking, well, I thought I was coming to do something. And if I come back and say, well, Brother Dale, thanks for your help. You you know, you you can stay there or you can leave whatever you want to do. Brother Dale might be in my house, but he's not really in control of anything. He's really not fixing anything. He's really not doing a lot. He's just there. And can I tell you, sometimes I think that's the way we treat the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, but we don't let the Holy Spirit do anything. We don't give the Holy Spirit control. We don't yield to the Spirit. We're still controlled by the flesh. And the Bible tells us that when we get in the Spirit, that means that we have said, Holy Spirit, you take control. It'd be like me coming to the house and saying, Brother Dale, do whatever you want. Show me what needs to be fixed, I'll fix it. Show me what needs to be changed, I'll change it. Brother Dale, I just want you to take over. I want you to show me what needs to be done. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit of God will take over if you'll give the Holy Spirit control, but you've got to yield yourself. It's not a matter of you having the Holy Spirit. It's a matter of the Holy Spirit having you. And John was on the island of Patmos. He was exiled. He had, been, he had been sent there as punishment. He was away from his family. He was away from his friends, but something happened. He didn't lose the joy of the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't lose the peace of the Holy Spirit. He didn't lose the filling of the Holy Spirit. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. This was not an accident. This was done on purpose. But then the Bible goes on to say, not only was he in the Spirit, but it says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Can I tell you, that's the way I want to come to church every Sunday. I want to come to church in the Spirit. I want to come to church prayed up. I want to come to church fired up. I want to come to church and I'm already ready. I'm not just looking for a blessing. I'm looking to be a blessing. I'm not just looking to get something. I'm looking to give something. And John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, I've read this verse hundreds of times. I've heard it hundreds of times, if not thousands of times, but you know, I'm afraid sometimes that we just take things for granted because we've always known it. If you are, uh, and by the way, if you're not, that's okay. Um, but if you are a mechanic or you know how to work with cars at somewhat, would you raise your hand? Just, you know, something about working with cars. Okay. Got not very many. Wow. I was expecting more. How many of you, you know how to, you know how to build? You, you could, you could build something, uh, maybe not a house, but you build a shed or you could build a, uh, you know, a structure or, you know, something. Not very many there either. I'm not feeling so bad. I thought maybe I was the only one, didn't know how. But if we were to talk to these mechanics or talk to these builders, you know, there'd be some things that they know that we wouldn't have a clue about. Now Let me ask you this question and this is not a this is not a negative. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody I'm glad you're here and you've made the right decision today, but how many of you you didn't grow up going to church? That just wasn't how you grew up. Let me see your hands. All right We got some like that and by the way, you know what I say to you I commend you that you're in church today You may have had the excuse say well My mom and dad didn't take me to church or they didn't but praise God you're here. Well, here's what I have found I grew up going to church it was never it was never an option. It was never a, a debate. It was never a discussion. You know why we went to church? We went to church because Sunday is the Lord's Day. And that was why we did it. But hang on here. Did you know there's a lot of people that they may not understand that? There's a lot of people that may not realize that. The Lord's Day. What is the importance of the Lord's Day? Let me give you a few thoughts. We call it the Lord's Day. You say, well, why do we even call it that? Because... Every day belongs to God, right? That's true. Every day does belong to Him. But why do we call Sunday the Lord's Day? Here's why. Because it was on Sunday, the first day of the week, that the greatest event in human history took place when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That is why we call it the Lord's Day, because Jesus rose again on that Sunday morning. This is a celebration. Every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll be honest, sometimes I feel ashamed because I come to Sunday sometimes and maybe I'm thinking about my problems. You probably never do that, but I do sometimes. I come to church and sometimes I'm thinking about my problems. or I'm thinking about, you know, what I, what I need. Or what, can I tell you what Sunday really is? It's all about Him. It's about worshiping Him. And no matter how bad your problems are, I got news for you. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And if he could arise from the dead, he can take care of your problems. He can take care of my problems. We celebrate that on Sunday. Now, I was, this is, I've seen this several times, but recently I made note of it. I think it was when we were coming back from, uh, I don't know where I was coming back from, Wilson or somewhere, but on Interstate 95. I've seen this billboard before. Maybe you've seen it. If you're coming back on 95 northbound, it's about probably 10 or 15 miles south of here. But there's a billboard and it says this, God only has one Sabbath. It says something like that. How many of you have ever seen that billboard? Okay, good. I'm not, I'm not losing my mind. All right. How many of you have never seen that billboard? All right. There's the good drivers in our uh, congregation. They're focused on the road. The rest of us, we're out looking all over the place and you are focused. So praise God for that. just take our word for it. It's there. But you know, I just assume that people know this because this is what I've been taught. This is what the Bible teaches and this is the way I grew up. But did you know that the Sabbath and Sunday are not the same? The Sabbath, it's a true statement. God only has one Sabbath, and that is a true statement. The truth is there's only one Sabbath day of the week. The Sabbath means the seventh. That's what it means. Well, Sunday is not the seventh day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. And I'll tell you in a little bit why we come to church on Sunday and why we worship God on Sunday. The Bible tells us about the story of Jacob in the Bible. Jacob wanted to marry Rachel. Remember that story? And Laban said, if you work for me for seven years, then you can marry Rachel. Well, what happened after seven years? (laughs) Laban tricked Jacob and he gave him Leah instead. He said, oh yeah, our custom is the older one has to, has to be married first. And so Jacob comes back and he says, what in the world? And Laban says, oh, don't worry. He says, if you will fulfill her Sabbath, then you can marry Rachel. Well, Sabbath, what's that talking about? Well, that was a period of seven years. So the Sabbath means the seventh. So what's interesting is that the sabbath day and sunday are not the same So why do we come to church on sunday? Why is sunday a priority? Is it because the pastor and the deacons got together one time and said, you know, let's pick a day uh, Let's do this day. No, that's not the reason So let's let's back up a little bit. Why don't we come to church on saturday? Well, Old Testament law, I think you know this one, the 10 commandments, what's the fourth commandment? Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. There are 10 commandments that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Those 10 commandments were given to the nation of Israel. And by the way, those 10 commandments, that wasn't all. That was just an overview. Did you know there are about 613 Old Testament commands that had to be obeyed. And by the way, you didn't get to pick and choose which one of those you obeyed and disobeyed. They all had to be obeyed. And the Sabbath was not just to go to church, not just to worship God, but here's what was said about the Sabbath. Six days, i got seven fingers up, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. You know what happened on the Sabbath? You couldn't lift a finger, and none of your family could, and none of your animals could. And you couldn't hire a stranger that was somebody that was from out of the country that was visiting in the country. You couldn't hire a stranger to do the work for you on the Sabbath. And, you know, there was just a tiny little fine if you did. just just real little, real minor. It's called capital punishment. It was serious business. But see, something happened. The Ten Commandments were given to Moses from God for the people of Israel. And those 10 commandments and those 613 Old Testament commandments for Israel, they were in effect for about 1,500 years. But something happened. In the New Testament, they came to Jesus. They were trying to trick Jesus. But they came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, which one is the greatest of all the commandments? And Jesus said, well, he said, thou shalt love Who? The Lord thy God, with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor and thyself. You know what Jesus did is he took all the commandments and he summed them up into two. So in the New Testament, we see of the 10 commandments that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai, we see that there are nine commandments that are reinforced. They're restated. As a matter of fact, they're even emphasized in the New Testament. Did you know the New Testament says that you still aren't supposed to worship idols? Did you know the New Testament still says you're not supposed to kill? The New Testament still says you're not supposed to commit adultery, not supposed to steal, not supposed to covet. And it goes into great detail to explain that you shouldn't do those things and what's involved in doing those things. But the only commandment that is not repeated in the New Testament is the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath. What did Jesus say about the Sabbath? I think I'd like to know what he had to say about it. Jesus said this. He said that he is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So here's the question. We worship God and this is the Lord's day. It's Sunday. And we don't come to church on Saturday. Well, what's the reason? Did we just flip a coin? Did we just randomly pick a date on the calendar? No. Here's what happened. The Old Testament laws, they came To an end. And you want to know where that end took place? It took place on a hill far away where there stood an old rugged cross. It took place at Calvary. You see, when Jesus came and Jesus died on that cross and he hung on the cross, he became the sacrifice. So the sacrifices no longer had to be made week after week, year after year for 1500 years. Jesus came and he paid it all. And Jesus said, it is finished. Well, all of the feasts and all of the Sabbaths and all of the uh, the new moons and all of those events the Jews did, that was pointing forward to something that was coming and that was Jesus. And Jesus paid it all on the cross. Turn with me, if you would, to Colossians. We could look at a lot of verses for sake of time. We won't look at a lot. We're going to have to hurry. But look at Colossians chapter 2. The Bible says in Philippi- uh, Philippians, Colossians chapter two, verse number 16, it says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day. Now as a festival or a feast that they had, and the Jews had those feasts throughout the Old Testament or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Now, what's a shadow? A shadow is not the real thing, but it's, it, it's the, it's the, 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 the form. It, it's, it's, it's a shadow of, of the real thing. We have today, we have pictures, and I've, I've got a, a picture here. It's an old photograph. But, um, remember when you used to have pictures? Remember you used to have like actual photos and photo albums? We don't have photo albums anymore. We have, we have, uh, photo, um, uh, albums on our phone. We have thousands of photos on our phone. How many of you have, right now, thousands of photos on your phone of either children, grandchildren, or a pet? Let me see your hands, all right? There you go. Notice I didn't say spouse. I didn't want to embarrass anybody or get any of us in the hot seat. Well, what is a picture? A picture is a representation of that person. I remember when my wife and I, when we were dating, that was before we had FaceTime and text messaging and all that stuff. And... Uh, we would talk on the phone but when we were dating and we were apart we'd see each other about once a week sometimes every other week but uh we had pictures and i'd get a picture of my wife and this is not one from when we were dating this is right after we got married but i got a picture of my wife i taped it in the bible one of my old bibles here there's a picture of my wife and she is beautiful she was beautiful then and she's beautiful now but you know what i found i was looking for some of those old pictures And I couldn't find some of those old pictures. I know they're in a box somewhere. But here's why. You know why that those old pictures from those old days, you know why I don't have all those up in my office? And I do have new pictures up in my office of my wife and our family and all that. But you know why I don't have just pictures? You know why you didn't walk into the church today and see me hugging, hugging the picture of my wife? Because I got something better. I got my wife here. I could hug her, you know, I could, I could see her, I could talk to her. And here's what the Jews had. The Jews had the sacrifices that pointed to Christ. They had the Sabbath that pointed to Christ. They had the feast that pointed to Christ. But once Christ came and he died on the cross and he said, it is finished. He said this, he said, I'm going to give you a new covenant and I'm going to do something better. I'm going to write it in your heart. And you and I as Christians, we have Jesus Christ living inside of us. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so what we see is that the old Testament laws could never be kept. It would be difficult to remember them all, let alone to keep them. I'm glad that salvation does not come through the law, but rather salvation comes through Jesus Christ. And let me remind you today that Jesus Christ is enough. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins and for mine. So here's the question then, why do we meet on Sunday? Let me give you a few thoughts and we'll be done. One, Sunday is the Lord's day. It's the day we gather to worship the Lord. It is the pattern that was given to us by the disciples, by the early church. We find that uh, Sunday was the day of the resurrection. It's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John on the first day of the week. It was Sunday. John 20, 19, that Sunday evening, the disciples were gathered and Jesus showed up. Acts 20, verse 7, upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. And I won't finish the rest of the verse, but the rest of the verse says he preached till midnight. And I'm glad we're not doing that. First Corinthians 16:2, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him. Acts 2:46, they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and daily in the temple, and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. I don't believe that we only worship God on Sunday. I believe that's where it starts. And I believe Sunday ought to be the priority and I believe Sunday ought to be the focus. And I believe Sunday ought to be a day that we gather corporately to worship. But I believe we ought to honor God every day of the week. I believe every day belongs to him. You see, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I know this, I know that the Lord's day is important. I want to stress it to our church. I want to stress it to our young people. I want to stress it to our teenagers. I want to stress it to the children. I want everybody to know that Sunday is a day that is important. It's the day when we gather to worship the Lord. I know this, Jesus promised that he would build his church. Jesus said that he loved the church and he gave himself for it. And if Jesus is going to build his church, I'll I'll tell you this, we're going to have to show up. We're going to have to be faithful. The Bible says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as you see the day approaching, I believe that we should give every day to God. I don't think we should even limit just one day per week to God. One day, I'm going to, one day I'm going to live for God. One day I'm going to be holy. One day I'm going to think about God. I think you've got to live for God every day. Number five, I want you to see quickly in Revelation 1, we see the result. Verses 11 through verse number 18, we see that God spoke to John on Sunday. Jesus showed up in a powerful way on Sunday. And I know Jesus can show up every day. And I know Jesus can speak every day. But on this passage, in this instance, it was on the Lord's day where John said, I was in the Spirit. We see the result. Number six, we see the responsibility. Notice with me verse number 19. John was commanded to write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. I'm glad John did what God told him to do. You know, we're here today and we're studying the book of Revelation uh, all these years later, almost 2,000 years later. You know why? Because God spoke to John. God showed up. God did business with John and God revealed some things to John and John wrote it down and said, I'm going to share it with somebody else. You know, when God does something in your life, you ought not keep it secret. When God answers prayer, when God blesses you, when God works a miracle, when God gives you something, you ought to be quick to say, I'm going to let somebody else know about what God has done for me. I think about this morning, we're online, and I think about a lot of our shut-ins. I think about a lot of people that can't be in church. You know what they almost always say every time? whether they're in the hospital or in the nursing home or they're, they're bedridden or whatever, they'll often say this, I just wish, I wish I could be in church. I miss it. I miss being there. Can I tell you, I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful we have the opportunity for those that cannot be here. I'm glad that they can at least get a little glimpse and, and be a part of what's going on here. But I know this, that we ought to honor God. We ought to worship God. We ought to make the Lord's day a priority. You know, there's a, a place in town that um, if you go by there, they're always busy. As a matter of fact, they're not just busy, they are incredibly busy. They're, they're counters, they've got people at the counters, they've got drive throughs and the drive-thrus is full, and people are coming and going with carry-out and, and, and catering and all these things, and probably the busiest, what we would call fast food place in town And I think you probably know which one I'm talking about. It's called Chick-fil-A. You know what's amazing is if you look at their profits and you look at their numbers, it's staggering. It's amazing how far beyond per per restaurant they are of all the others. But you know what's interesting about Chick-fil-A? They're closed on what is now the busiest day of the week, Sunday. And you say, well, I think that's just coincidence. I'm sure that's just good business practice. Well, I think they have a good business model and all that stuff, but I'll tell you what I think. I think it's because a company has said we're gonna honor God. I think God has chosen to honor that company. And I know this, when we honor God, when we reverence and respect, and we make the Lord's day a priority, when we come and when we gather to worship God, I wanna tell you this, I believe that God will bless those that obey Him. I believe God will bless those that honor him. And let's make the Lord's Day an important day. The message this morning is what happened on the Lord's Day. and We saw what happened. But maybe I'm talking to you today. Maybe we need to ask the question, what happened to the Lord's Day? It used to be the Lord's Day. But isn't it amazing how many other things can, can, can crowd it out? Let's get back to making the Lord's Day